How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Noah Dabar. I'm here with my good friend, Garth Michael Patrick. And this is our very first episode of our new hockey podcast called Puckin' Around. I'm really excited to be joining the Review and Preview crew. I got my uh, good old sweatshirt on today for this one. But Garth, you and I have done a lot of shows tonight. How are you doing tonight, my friend? Yeah, very good. Per your request, I made sure to be extra fired up more than even my usual self tonight for, like you said, our inaugural show here, Pucking Around on Review and Preview tonight. Uh, really excited, Noah. For those of you who don't know, we're obviously very huge hockey fans, or so we wouldn't be on here. Uh, myself, Tampa Bay Lightning, Noah, Pittsburgh Retirement Home Penguins, unfortunately, which we'll get to yep. later on in the show. Uh, but yeah, I'm really excited to get on here tonight, talk some hockey. The season is right around the corner. Uh, but yeah, really, really excited to be here, man. Absolutely, man. You and, you and I have talked so much about hockey and our PMs by itself that we could do an entire show. And then our good buddy Tom Scavetta uh, gave us the offer to come on. Really excited. Uh, we've we've always been big fans of the Rebian Preview guys, so to actually become members uh, is exciting. So looking forward to it. Uh, real quick before we do get into it, I do just want to give up uh, shout-outs to our social medias. Um, to hear stuff like Facebook and Instagram, we'll just let that scroll on the ticker for for a bit. But most importantly, if you aren't already subscribed to our YouTube channel at Rebian Preview Sports, uh, this is airing live on Facebook Live as well as YouTube. So if you're watching on YouTube, please make sure to leave a like if you enjoyed. Hit that big red subscribe button as well if you're enjoying it. Um, but really excited to get in this one. We've got a couple of comments coming already. Our good buddy Josh Lane. Shout-out to Josh Lane, by the way. For our intro video, he is the one that made that sick track, so really appreciate him doing that for us. Um, he's saying, let's get pucked up. Our good buddy Hank and Dichter, who will be hoping to get on the show plenty of times in the future, big Rangers fan, saying, what's good, my guys? Uh, let's fucking go, Rangers. He's fired up. A lot of Rangers Tom, fans here tonight. <laughs> Tom Scavetta saying, let's go. Jesse Allen saying, you got to get to Montreal's gold tennis. It's going to be interesting for Montreal this season. They had a terrible season last year. They got the number one overall pick, which we'll be discussing next week in our NHL entry draft uh, review show. Uh, where's it going? Go Bolts, uh, Christian, fellow Tampa Bay Lightning fan, and our good buddy Dom, who helped us make the intro video, saying, what's up, guys? Not much, Dom. What's um, up, Dom? Dom is the absolute goat. Um, but before we get into the deep hockey talk, Garth, I do just want to real quick, um, since we are new members of this network, and people might not know us unless they've seen us as a guest on previous shows. Just kind of thought, you know, just introduce who we are, our sports background, how we got into hockey, who our favorite team is and whatnot. So, Garth, I'll let you start with this one. Yeah, so as Noah said, you might have seen us make some guest appearances here and there on the Review and Preview. Uh, always been really big uh, fans of this group and the content that they put out. Uh, really close with a, a handful of the guys who also do shows and you know, media content for the page. Um, but yeah, avid sports fans, for anybody who's tuned into our other show, the Sweet Tea Show, you're used to, as you can tell by Noah's hat, Georgia Bulldogs there, uh, talking college football. But we're, we're huge hockey fans. It's probably right there, you know, right in the same realm as our college football fandom. Uh, we've been really uh, wound up these past few years in hockey, and I guess our good buddy uh, Tom noticed and and thought mm -hmm. that we could put a good show here on Review and Preview, and we're ecstatic to have the opportunity. But, yeah, uh, for those of you who don't know me, Garth Michael Patrick, <clears throat> by the gear, huge Tampa Bay Lightning fan, uh, have been for a few years now. Uh, I was really into hockey growing up, 
for those of you who don't know, I live in Florida now, but I'm not originally from here. Uh, grew up in upstate New York. Um, when I was a young kid, I remember watching hockey, playing the video games, obviously. I didn't really have like a set favorite team, um, more so I've rooted for particular players. And then I kind of fell off the face of the earth with hockey for quite a while. Recently got back into it, actually in large part to Noah himself. And I'm beyond grateful because I've really, really enjoyed hockey the past four or five years. Um, as Noah knows, I'm always blowing up his PMs about, about hockey and trying to get some of our other buddies more involved <clears> in the sport. This is a sport that I feel like uh, hopefully we can help grow in whatever small way possible because it's such a good sport that doesn't really get the coverage and the following that it deserves, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree, Garth. I think, like you said, you know, my love for hockey is right up there with my love for football. And obviously, I love football to death. I watched about nine hours of NFL football last Sunday, and we're diehard college fans, like Garth said. Uh, we do a show called The Tweet, Sweet Tea Show on the Sports Box um, with every Friday nights at Around 8 p.m. Eastern, we talk a lot of college football. So that's how we got our start in this little sports podcasting thing. But like like Garth said, big hockey fans. And like you said, I did get him into it a little bit. Probably about, I want to say funny enough, Garth, it was right before the Tampa Bay Lightning got swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets that I kind of got you and pushed you into it. Um, but as for me personally, um, like it says, my name is Noah, big Georgia sports fan. Um, you know, Falcons, Bulldogs, Braves, a little bit of, of the Atlanta Hawks. But the unfortunate thing, Garth, about being, you know, an Atlanta sports fan is when I was getting into hockey, we didn't have a team because the Atlanta Thrashers had just moved to Winnipeg to become the Winnipeg Jets. So I needed to decide what kind of team to go to. I wasn't going to be the Jets. I can't stand the Jets. I thought about becoming a Flames fan, Garth, because back in the 70s and early 80s, they were the Atlanta Flames. But funnily enough, you know, some people have some, you know, really passionate stories about they, they how they chose their team. Me personally – I chose the Pittsburgh Penguins because my first reaction when I want to become a hockey fan, let me go buy the NHL game. So I got NHL 12 with your boy Steven Stamkos on the cover, and I was looking for a team to pick. And I saw there was a team called the Pittsburgh Penguins, and I'm like, oh, my God. A penguin is a perfect mascot for a hockey team. Plus, their logo was badass. Plus, I love their jerseys. And, oh, yeah, I looked at the roster's guard, and they had two players. They were, like, 95 overall, and Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. And I was like, okay, that's it. Um, so, you know, I, I didn't bandwagon. You know, back then, they, they hadn't won a Stanley Cup since 2009. They didn't win one against since 2016. I didn't even know they were good. I just chose chosen because I thought they looked cool. So that's how I became a Penguins fan. And here we are today. Um, I've seen two Stanley Cups live, uh, three in my lifetime. I got to watch 2009 one through, you know, highlights and stuff. But I got to see 2016 and 17 live. A little bit of a rough patch this year. Uh, actually, the past, like, three or four years, it's been pretty terrible. I haven't won a playoff series. But, you know, I got good memories to look back on, Garth, which a lot of people can't say. Both our teams we got to watch go back-to-back, which was exciting. Um, but, man, we got a lot of comments coming in. Holy shit. Christian saying Garth is the man. Um, our buddy Mike saying my new favorite hockey show, Let's Go Rangers. What's up, Mike? Um, Dom saying, let's go pins. Appreciate it, Dom. Nice editing on the video intro. Uh, Josh says, Tom says, sick video, Josh. Let's go Rangers. We want the cup. Shout out to our Southern members. Um, like Tom's hitting there, Garth and I are both from, well, Garth isn't originally from the South. He now lives in Florida. I've been grown and raised in Georgia my entire life. So, 
but we are both now living in the South. Um, Dom saying, thank you, Josh. Video was Dom's. I made the song, though, but thanks, man. Hank Addictor saying, November 26, 2005, I was channel surfing, stopped at a Rangers game. The rest, shall we say, is history. Dom saying, Josh, the music is incredible. Really, really good. Loving the love and all the comments for all the hard work everyone has put in to get pucking around where it is now. Appreciate it a lot, guys. Hank saying, and fun fact, that was the the Marek Malik 15-round shootout. Tom Scavetta, Malcolm Contract, though, Latang as well. Oh, man, you're getting ahead of me, Tom. I'm going I'm to go gonna, on a rant. You're going to go on a rant. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> How about that classic Penguins intro? I love it, man. Uh, I think the, the song is called The Boys of Winter. Absolutely fantastic track. Um, Evan Rodriguez from Pansy. Yeah, Garth and I were just discussing that before yep. we got on here. We did lose him, which was a shame. But, yeah, like it says, um, if you're watching on Facebook, make sure to leave a like because it helps uh, share the, the um, show through whatever the hell the Facebook algorithm uses. So if you're watching and you appreciate it and you haven't yet, uh, leave a like on the on the video and subscribe if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube. Excuse me. Yeah, now, a ton of great content, guys, and a wide, wide range of sports to get covered. So, you yeah. know, no matter what sport it is that you watch, follow, enjoy, whatever, uh, review and preview has you covered. Yeah, absolutely. And after this, our good buddy Hank will be doing his baseball show, Hitting for the Cycle. So if you're into baseball, make sure to check that out. I believe it starts around 8.30 p.m. Um, so that'll be a good show. But now enough about ourselves, Garth. We're going to get into the actual hockey discussion. Crazy NHL offseason. I think I actually named the YouTube video Free Agency Frenzy because that's definitely what it was. Um, before we get into specific moves, I kind of just wanted to get your thought on the Tampa Bay Lightning specifically since, you know, we do know a little more, more about our team specifically. <clears throat> Obviously, the two major moves that they made, they needed a clear cap in the offseason, so they traded Ryan McDonough to the Nashville Predators. Um, I thought it would be a lot harder for him to dump that contract than Natchez was, but it seemed like, you know, they announced he was up for trade, and then like two days later, he was in Nashville. Um, and they got back Felipe Myers. Um, in exchange, another defensive big, tall guy. I know you have a lot to say about him as well, Garth. And then our boy, Nick Goat Paul, who had two goals in game seven against the Toronto Maple Leafs to send him to the second round. Uh, that's one of Garth and I's favorite players. Just absolutely love that guy. Resigned to a seven year contract extension. But, Garth, what were your thoughts on those two moves? Because, you know, I don't know what you were thinking with McDonough. I know he was there a long time. You respect him because he was a big part of two Stanley Cups. But, you know, it seemed like a bit of a necessary move. And honestly, like I said, I'm surprised they were able to do it so easily and so quickly like they did. Yeah, Nashville jumped all over that trade. Um, you know, obviously going into this offseason, I knew in one way or another it was going to be heartbreaking to some extent because, like you said, we were up against the cap. Uh, it did go up, but not enough, you know, to try and keep everybody. Um, and obviously McDonough, you know, phenomenal player for us, huge part of winning those back-to-back -back cups and almost winning a third straight. Um, but, you know, he's getting up there in age. His contract is huge in terms of annual value. Uh, we, we had to get whatever we could for him. And like you said, it was kind of shocking that we got uh, somebody to bite on that as quickly as we did. Um, so, you know, it, it's one of those situations where you hate to see it happen because you love the player. Uh, but from a team standpoint, from a business standpoint, you know, it is a sport with a salary cap. You totally understand it as a fan, at least for me personally. Um, and then, you know, the other guy, and I know you have him here in a little bit, Noah, that I hated to see go uh, was Andre Palat because that's a guy who 
is absolutely huge for us. He's one of those guys that kind of flies under the radar, doesn't get the credit that maybe he's deserved because whenever the Lightning have needed a big goal in the postseason, it seems like majority of the time it's him that's scoring it. So, you know, just a little bit of a bittersweet offseason. Um, hate to see some of those guys go that you've really grown up with watching, uh, being a big part of the franchise. Um, but, you know, it, it had to happen. Um you know, we're able to pick up some guys, re-sign some guys. Uh, so overall, you know, very bittersweet offseason. But I think we did a pretty good job with the cards that we were given. Um, and and obviously, I haven't even mentioned it yet, Nick Paul re-signing. Really, really excited about that. You know, he made it very clear that he wanted to stay in Tampa. He loves it here. He loves the organization, the culture. Uh, we were able to get a long-term deal done. So we got a lot of more <clears throat> Nick Goat Paul moments coming up in the future and hopefully a lot more of playoff moments uh, I remember both of us watching that Toronto game live where he had those two goals to win that game seven series to advance uh, this past postseason so yeah you know uh, overall you know solid offseason we kept guys we re-signed guys long term but we also lost a couple of guys that you hate to see go yeah and like I said you know they did get back Felipe Myers who you know he's 25 years old um, he's six foot five which is absolutely massive for a defenseman. And I saw a quote from him about a week ago. He's like, you know, some people just thought I might get bought out instantly. You know, people were hitting the buyout calculators, but he thinks he can get a shot on the team. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. A couple more comments coming in. Jesse Allen saying, open on the laptop too to get the views up. Appreciate that, Jesse. Leave a like if you're enjoying the video. Um, Hank saying, you and I both know Mac will be a big loss. Best of luck to him in Nashville. Obviously, Ryan McDonough, former New York Ranger, had some big yeah. moments there before he did move to the Lightning. And I love this comment from Jesse because this is a comment. Uh, this is a player, Garth, and I both love. You think Cal fucking foot, as we call him, <laughs> comes up big. He's 23 years old, Garth. Uh, he's six for four. He's another big guy. And while he's been buried on the depth chart, you know, like Jesse says, uh, this could be an opportunity for him to get some more playing time this year. So what are your opinions on what Callan Foote, as his full name is, can do for you this season? Yeah, so real quick, shout out to my good buddy Jesse. Um, these are guys that I know, surprisingly enough, from uh, NHL trading cards, uh, really? sports cards. So that's how I met these guys, but they're also big-time Lightning fans. We're always talking about Lightning and hockey in general, obviously, because of those reasons. Uh, but, yeah, me and Noah are huge, huge fans of Cal Foot. Um, as these guys like to joke around in our group chat for the cards, because I collect not as much as some of the other guys. So I haven't mm -hmm. caught up to them quite yet. But <laughs> I, I, I'm slowly building up a massive Cal Foot collection. I love that kid. I really hope that he ends up being a solid defenseman. Uh, but kind of our consensus opinion of him, at least the other Lightning fans that I know, um, right. We're really, really excited for this kid. We think that he's got a ton of potential. Uh, he hasn't really gotten a ton of playing time quite yet because that defensive unit is so stacked. Um, but I think this year he's finally going to get like that chance to prove himself, to get a lot of playing time. And we're really optimistic because that first series, he played a lot in the playoffs when we were dealing with injuries and we were you know, playing the seven de defenseman rotation because we were down – you know, in our forwards. Uh, and we thought that he looked really good, honestly. Like, he played some really solid minutes. Uh, he's tough. He's a big body. Um, and he's got a, a pretty good slap shot that he's developing. So, you know, he has at least a little bit of a scoring presence mm -hmm. or potential to score goals. 
Um, so overall, really, really excited to see what he can do for us. Absolutely. And like you said, uh, Tampa Bay's big strength uh, for the past few years. I mean, they're good everywhere. All right. You, do, you don't win two Stanley Cups and make three straight, not being great everywhere. But they definitely had great defensive depth. And even when they've lost guys in the past few years, like I remember Bogosian left for a year or whatever it was, they just have guys that can come in, you know, fill the role. They've even rolled out. You mentioned the slot guard. Sometimes they roll out seven defensemen lineups because they have so many guys they want to get playing out there. So, Interesting to see what he does. Obviously, the big guys are still there, Hedman, and uh, they just re-signed Sergachev to a massive extension, which I bet we're going to talk about later once we get to the re-signing segment. A lot of money, but um, we will get in that later. Mike's saying, I got a McDonough jersey with the C two months before he got traded to uh, Tampa. That's right. He, he was a former captain, another former captain, a New York Rangers guard that got traded to the Tampa Lightning, Ryan Callahan in the Mark Tan St. Louis trade back in, like, I want to say, 2014 it was. Sam Cardona saying happy first show, guys. Uh, thank you, Sam. Thank you, if Sam. you want to, if you want to check out Sam, she's a big New York football Giants fan, so she's on. I believe it's Thursday nights on Big Blue Avenue, where Sam, Hank, and Tom discuss New York Giants. They're gonna be really happy this week because the Giants did get an upset 21-20 win against the Tennessee Titans. So we'll see what they say Thursday. Tom Stan, I still wear my McDonough jersey with pride at Rangers games. Alec Walt joining in go Bruins the band is back <clears throat> I live where Callahan is from says Mike interesting and then Hank saying still have mixed feelings about about the Martin St. Louis trade and unfortunately that does happen when you trade for a guy that's like 39 and it's basically your big move to try and win a cup and unfortunately for them it did not happen they came up short um, but moving on I uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on if there were any other I'll put up this uh, real quick for you guard let me get rid of this banner um, were there any other moves here that kind of kind of stick out to you that the Lightning made that you know some people might not be paying attention to? Yeah, I, I won't say much about it because I already talked quite a bit about it. Obviously, was really uh, sad to see Palat go. I thought we could have worked out a deal with him. Um, you know, he he did get a pretty sizable deal with the Devils, but I'd like mm -hmm. to think that we could have kept him for a little bit cheaper. I have no idea. You know, I really haven't seen much come out as far as what they actually offered him. Um, other than that, I will say Jan Ruda to your Pittsburgh Penguins. I think that was a very good pickup right. for you guys because that is a guy with a ton of experience. Uh, played, you know, he played a lot of minutes for us in all three of these postseason runs. Uh, he's still on the younger side, so he's got some really good years left in the tank. Um, other than that, just real quick, we bring back Nemetsnikov. Um, his best years st statistically on offense was when he was with us. Uh, when his time here, he was a big part in our top power play unit. So hopefully, you know, I don't expect a ton out of him, but hopefully he can contribute. Uh, I talked a lot about it in the offseason to you. I think we need some guys to step up in the scoring department. We can't be so right. top line heavy, especially come postseason. That was kind of my big grievance with this past uh, past postseason. Um and other than that, you know, Ian Cole to a one-year deal, he's a really old defenseman who I don't expect much from, was kind of confused by that signing. Um, and then lastly, I really hope that we can get something out of Hayden Fleury. That mm -hmm. is a guy who I've kind of always had a soft spot and rooted for. Uh, he hasn't really fully developed into, you know, a top NHL player yet. But, you know, hopefully being there in Tampa, being around a good organization, good coaching staff can get a little bit more out of him. 
but overall, you know, I, I think it was not a great, but a solid off season for my Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think this, uh, you look, the Lightning don't have to go out and reinvent the wheel, right? The, the core of that team is still there. So like you said, if and they most just importantly, get- Noah, mm-hmm. we still do have fat Pat Maroon. Yes, you do. Good old three, three straight Stanley Cups of that boy from 2019 to 2021. Good old big rig, I guess they like to call him. Um, but yes, like you said, you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel with, with how good your team is. Just get some solid guys in like uh, Cole and Nemestikov that you mentioned. And, you know, they should work out pretty well for you, I think. But moving on to our next topic. And like Gar said, this is where I'm going to rant a little bit. Um, <laughs> my team does not have such luxuries of being able to just make minor signings and be good. Because they haven't won a playoff series since 2018, Garth. They've been embarrassed four straight years. They got swept by the Islanders. They lost the freaking Montreal Canadiens in the round robin. They lost the Islanders again. And then, and I know the Rangers fans in the comments are going to love this absolute choke job against the New York Rangers. Uh, up three to one, three goal leads in multiple games, and they blew it worse than the Atlanta Falcons. It was honestly embarrassing. Um, never been so pissed as a hockey fan in my life, but you know what? It is what it is, Garth. This is what happens when your best defenseman is Chris Letang, who is a turnover machine. He's a pile on defensively. He's great offensively. Don't get me wrong. Uh, offensively, he's a top five defenseman, I'd say. But defensively, I don't even think the guy is top 500. He stinks. I would rather have Felipe Myers playing <laughs> defense than Chris Letang. And, you know, like, like we mentioned, Garth, and someone I think someone mentioned this in the comments earlier, look at these re-signings. I know they're hard to see, but Chris Letang, six years. Evgeny Malkin, four years. Raquel, I think, got five or six years as well. I mean, here's the logic in this, Garth, right? You don't win a playoff game in, in four years. Or, excuse me, you don't win a series in four years. It would be really bad if you didn't win a playoff game for four years. But no playoff series wins in four years. So, you know, some teams might say, okay, you know what? These guys are legend of the game, right? But they're 35, 36. They're getting on up there. They're not quite the players they used to be. Maybe we should let them walk and use the money that we save from not resigning them to try and rebuild the team top to bottom, get some more depth. Um, nope. Instead, let's just resign them, man. Let's bring all the guys back. You know, charity, charity, good old team. You know, just bring all our old veterans back. And this is no disrespect to these guys, right? I think Malkin and Latang, as much as I really didn't want them to stay, especially Latang, they are legends of the franchise. I don't want to disrespect them too much. Their numbers, their jersey numbers will be retired, and they'll be in the Penguins Hall of Fame or whatever. But, um, you know, I think it's letting your emotions get in the way of what is a hard but probably the right decision to try and go in a different direction because – you know, unfortunately, the team hasn't won a playoff series in four years, and instead of trying to revamp the roster, they just brought their guys back to long-term contracts with massive term as well. So they're going to end when they're like 39. I think the Tang's might end when he's 41 or something ridiculous like that. So, um, you know, we did make some other moves. Um, I did like trading for Ty Smith from the Devils. He's a pretty young guy. He's only like 21 years old. So um, I do like that. I like that we dumped Matheson. Uh, he had an own goal. In game seven against the Rangers, so I'm not going to miss that clown at all. Get back Jeff Peacher, who was pretty decent for the Canadians, and Ryan Paling's a young guy as well. Learning that, you mentioned Ruta. I think he's a solid top six defenseman, so definitely take that for some depth. 
Um, we lost the man. He went to the Rangers. Thank God, because I swear that guy was a, a double agent in that playoff series. Some of the worst goaltending I've ever seen. But um, do you have any thoughts on the Penguins, Garth? You know, I don't want to rant too long, but, you know, when you look at our, our franchise from the outside, what do you think of these guys? Because, I mean, Crosby's still a stud, even though he's older. Gensel, I think, is our most important player because he's young and he's elite, in my opinion, definitely as a goal scorer. But, you know, other than that, you know, we still have questions goal with Tristan Jari. DeSmith, unfortunately, got hurt in the playoffs when I thought he was playing great in their first game. You know, what do you think about the Pens here? Because – I don't think they can win another Stanley Cup. I know that's the hope. I know that's why they wanted to bring all these guys back. But, I mean, when you haven't won a series in four years, it's just really hard to be optimistic about it. Yeah, from the outside looking in, pretty much, you know, I got I got a salt, small soft spot for you guys that root for you. Uh, but, you know, for the most part, a complete neutral looking at this. Mm-hmm. You know, it just it doesn't make sense. You know, like you said, Latang is up there in age. You sign the guy long-term for big-time money, even more so than you re- signed Gino for, who mm-hmm. was a guy who was point per game before you know injury. He, he battled with some injury this season. And you're signing a defenseman for more money than arguably uh, your second-best scoring forward behind Crosby. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it just it doesn't make sense. Um, it, like you said, <clears throat> contracts are going to take these guys to right around the age of 40. Um, you know, unless the rare occasion of a guy like Ovi, once you get to be in your uh, early to mid 30s, you know, everybody's scoring drops off drastically. Um, you know, you could have used the money to really build up the roster, like you talked about. Uh, questions and goal, like you said, but I do really like Tristan Yari as well as to Smith. Uh, I liked what I saw out of them when healthy. Um, they both kind of had their injury issues these past couple of seasons, it feels like. Um, like I said, I do like the Ruta pickup. Uh, Ty Smith was a good pickup as well. Uh, but overall, you know, I just I, I don't understand the approach from the front office. To me, what it says is that they cared more about kind of keeping the band together Uh, making sure that these guys stay and most likely retire as Penguins more Mm -hmm. so than winning a cup. Um, You know, I'm by no means rooting against you guys, but I don't see how you magically go out and and win a cup by what you did in the offseason, unfortunately. Yeah, no, I agree completely. Like you said, I think you you hit the nail on the head. I think it's, you know, emotional sentiment letting these guys retire here than, you know, trying to revamp the roster, like I said, so. You know, it is what it is. I'm not going to bitch anymore because you definitely know I, I bitched a lot about it in the past. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. I think, like you said, like I wanted Latang to go because I don't think he's good defense. But it, it's more to do with his play. I think Malkin can still play. Um, he's not the player he used to be, obviously. But like you said, you know, point per game roughly when he's healthy. But the thing with him is when he's healthy because he's starting to pick up some injuries. So we'll see what happens in the next few years. But moving on. From our teams, we're going to get into some some of the in general biggest signings of NHL free agency. Um, obviously, there are a lot of free agency signings. We have four specific ones we're going to go over, and then we might go over some other ones at the end. But first, we're going to start with this player uh, going from the Calgary Flames to the Columbus Blue Jackets, Johnny Goudreau, uh, the American player. I believe he's a New Jersey boy, actually, funny enough. Uh, Johnny Hockey, as they like to call him, signs a seven-year $68.25 million contract extension with the Columbus, or excuse me, contract with the Columbus Blue Jackets 
9.75 million AAV. I remember other teams involved with them, teams like the Devils. I think the Islanders might have been in there. The Flyers were definitely in there, but they couldn't sign him because they have so many terrible contracts. But um, big move for them. And I got to say, I was a bit surprised by Columbus. I know they didn't make the playoffs. They weren't good. But for a team that I thought, you know, a lot of people said would be picking top five in the draft, I think they got like 80, 81 points. So, you know, to have a pretty mediocre season with a far less than mediocre roster, I think it's good for them. And to get a superstar winger like Johnny Gaudreau in there, uh, it's kind of like what they did when they got Panarin a few years back before he went to the Rangers. Uh, interesting move for them, and I think it's big because the Columbus Blue Jackets guard have made five first-round picks in the past two years, and they've gotten some good players. Um, Kent Johnson and Cole Sillinger last year, they got both centers. So those could be big players if they develop well to play alongside of Johnny Gaudreau in the later years of his contract. They got uh, three defensemen as well, two this year, I believe, uh, in Juracek and Matichuk, and they got Kuhlman's last year. So, you know, in my opinion, Garth, the two most important positions in hockey, center and defenseman. And they got those guys with high draft picks, and now they got a superstar winger to get in there. So what what are your thoughts on the Johnny Gaudreau uh, move moving to the Columbus Blue Jackets? Yeah, so when the offseason first started and free agency frenzy started, um, I think that it right away was made very clear that Goodrow was not going to stay there in Calgary. It really mm-hmm. wasn't a money issue. You know, it didn't have anything to do with the, that the Flames wanted to underpay him or anything like that. It was just that, you know, he no longer wanted to be there for personal reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was reading today that they ended up offering him something crazy like ten and a half uh, million a year. Uh, yeah. But he decided to turn that down. He wanted to go elsewhere. I won't lie. I did not see him going to Columbus uh, just because it's kind of a smaller market for hockey. Um, they're a team that doesn't usually make big splashes in free agency. They don't go out and drop a bunch of money on signing like a big name guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, there were basically a bidding war for this guy because he is so good offensively. He's still on the younger side. So he's got quite a few years ahead of him, you know, in his prime where he's going to be able to put up high points total, score a lot of goals for whichever team he ended up with. Um, But I think it just goes to show the teams that were able to (laughs) offer high amounts of monies. Ultimately, Columbus was probably actually the best place for him. Uh, The Islanders, I could go on and on about them. Uh, They literally did not land a single free agent, and they fired one of the best coaches in the entire NHL. Uh, Flyers, like you said, just a ton of massive contracts on old guys. Um, you know, and, and the Devils, you know, they're kind of still in that rebuilding mode. They've got mm-hmm. a lot of young talent, but they really haven't put it all together yet. Whereas Columbus, you know, yes, they're in a very competitive Atlantic division, uh, but they've shown in recent years, you know, that they can play people <clears throat> tough. They upset my lightning. Um, so, you know, there's there's at least some promise there. There's the potential to be a playoff team. Um, and I think it was just kind of a perfect fit for personal reasons. So, you know, I definitely was surprised by the move, but once you kind of sit back and take it all in and see the reasoning behind it and with his choices for teams and the kind of money that he was going to be due, uh, I think that it does make sense. Yeah, I agree, Garth. And well, I don't think the, the Blue Jackets will be contending for the playoffs this year because I think the Metro, it's very good at the top. I do think they have some, you know, long-term pieces that will allow them to compete longer term than some other teams in the division. 
Um, some other guys they do have, they did pick up Gustav Nyquist a while back. I did like him as a winger when he was on Detroit. Uh, Voracek uh, brought him back. He used to be a Blue Jack before he went to the Flyers. Now he's back there again, so we'll see what he can do. Boone Jenner is their captain, um, and I believe Jesse uh, comments about him. We'll get to comments in a second. Obviously, Goodrow. Um, we'll see what happens in net with Elvis and Corpusau. Um, Big fan of Elvis, not going to lie. Yeah, I, yeah, he's got a lot of talent, absolutely. Wierenski's still there. He's a good defenseman. Uh, Line A is talented. He's just very inconsistent. I love that they got Boakfist last year in that trade with the uh, Chicago Blackhawks trading Seth Jones, and then obviously all the rookies they got. So we'll see what they do. A couple comments coming in. Tom saying, hell yeah, man, New York Rangers takeover. Hank saying, fun fact, he took less money than he could have had <clears throat> should he have signed with the Islanders and the Devils. Now, obviously it's fun to troll those teams because they're, you know, rivals and all that. But I do wonder, Garth, what's the tax situation in those states? Because I know obviously New York's a big tax um, tax state. Canada, the taxes are ridiculous. And New Jersey's probably pretty high as well. I would assume Ohio – I mean, I don't know for sure. I don't have the numbers up. I would assume Ohio has lower taxes than those other states, which if I was a player I would take into account because even though technically I'm taking less money after taxes I might not be. I don't know if that was a factor. Maybe, you know, I can't get imply there. Maybe he just hated those teams and wanted to go to Columbus. Um, who knows? But um, either way, they didn't get him. Columbus got him. So, you know, I, nothing they can do about it. Jesse's saying, I think people overhype him in line A, but Boone Jenner as a center might not be bad. Moving on to the next player, and this is a signing I don't really like as much, Garth. Not because I think this guy's a bad player, just because I think he's a bit on the older side and they gave a long-term contract. Nazem Kadri, big part of the uh, Colorado Avalanche winning the Stanley Cup. They got him from the Toronto um, – I almost said Toronto Blue Jays. <laughs> Toronto Maple Leafs in a trade a few years back for – I think it was Tyson Berry and Alex Kerfoot. So I'd give that a big win to the Avs. And like you know, like we said, he was one of Colorado's best forwards last year. They won the Stanley Cup with him. He was a massive part of it. And he cashes in the fringe. He goes to the Calgary Flames. Um, and he's going to be their big center because, you know, they traded for Huberdeau. He's going to play on the wing. Kadri will probably be their top guy. Um, and seven-year, $49 million contract. Now, like I said, this is nothing against him as a player because I think other than what he does, knuckleheaded, dirty stuff, which he does unfortunately do quite often, I think he's got a lot of talent. Um, but he is 31. Last season he was basically point per game. Um, 80, actually, no, he was higher than that, 87 points in 71 games. So great season last year. But like I said, you know, this is just me, guards. Seven-year contracts and the guy is 31. It takes until he's 38. Uh, I don't know. Like like I said, because of Canada's taxes, maybe they did have to overpay a little bit to get him. But, but what are your thoughts on this one? Because, you know, I just don't know about giving these long-term contracts to these these veterans and you're taking them till, till in their late 30s. Like I said, nothing against him as a player because I do think he's a very good player when he's not being an idiot. What what are your thoughts on this one, Mark? Yeah, so I think what you're seeing here in Canada, and it's actually very similar to the AFC West and teams like my Chargers, uh, they're kind of in a little bit of an arms race right now. You know, teams like Calgary, obviously with Kadri and Huberdeau uh, mm-hmm. making big offseason moves. The Senators made some moves of their own that we'll talk about later on. Uh, Toronto, not so much, but they've still got a ton of talent on that team. Um and then obviously the Oilers too, they finally go out and get a goalie. So maybe they'll be able to stop seven or eight pucks a game from going in net. 
Um, so I think that, you know, good player, absolutely. Like you said, he's getting up there in age. Um, I think he really cashed in on a phenomenal season and kind of a heroic <laughs> late postseason run there to help power the Colorado Avalanche to that Stanley Cup championship. Um, so I think that it led to whoever was going to get him was going to overpay a little bit. Like you said, for me, it, it really isn't even so much the annual value on this one. It's the length. You know, why go and sign this guy to a seven-year contract um, when you don't really need to? But the thing is, I think he made it very clear in the offseason that, hey, I'm not signing with anybody unless it's long-term. So I think that, you know, that their hands were forced a little bit in this one. Uh, but overall, you know, a solid move. I think that they might have lost Kudrow this offseason, but they definitely added back a lot, and they added back a lot of guys who can score. And that's going to be huge for them, I feel like, this upcoming season. Absolutely agree with everything you said there. Moving on to the next player, um, and this is one Rangers fans are going to like because it's a player they signed. Vincent Trocek signed excuse me, from the Carolina Hurricanes to a seven-year, $39.375 million contract, $5.625 million average annual value. And, Garth, what is the big thing, you know, whether it's we're talking with Tom, we're talking with our buddy Brian, these big Rangers fans, what do they always say the Rangers have needed? A second-line center. They got Mika Zibanejad. He's a stud. They got the top guys, but they've always been searching for that depth second-line center to provide that secondary scoring. They didn't think it was Ryan Strom because um, he went to the Anaheim Ducks. Philip Heedle, he's promising. He's young. He was part of that kid line in the playoffs. But he's not really someone you want to entrust to be your second-line center at this stage in his career. So they go out and get Vincent Trocek, who I think is a good player. I mean, I don't think he's anything flashy, Garth. I think he's just kind of a guy that, you know, on average, I mean, he's had seasons at his best where he's scoring like mid-70s points. But for the most part, I think when you're talking about his point production, you're expecting low to mid-50s, um, you know, Decent faceoff guy, you know he's going to win more faceoffs than he doesn't. Good defensively, just kind of decent at everything. Not elite at anything, but kind of a jack of all trades, which I think for the Rangers is an upgrade on what they had previously. Um, but I don't think he's going to be a superstar or anything, and I don't think that's what they're looking for. I think they're just looking for a guy that can chip in offensively here and there and win some faceoffs. So, so, what are your thoughts on Vincent Trocheck? Because um, it is a decent loss for the Hurricanes as well, who are a division rival of the Rangers. Yeah, uh, with this one, I'm really curious to know what Rangers fans think on this one, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of you, you hit the nail right on the head with a lot of stuff that I was going to talk about when it comes to Trocheck. He's that jack-of-trades guy. You know, he's not going to go out there, go out and light the world on fire. You know, expect something around that 50-point mark out of him. He has had seasons where he's been up in the 70s. Uh, but overall, you know, that's kind of where he's hung out in his career. They lost Strom. They lost Cop this offseason. You know, so you gained a guy who isn't flashy. He's not going to, you know, put up a ton of points. He's not going to have crazy stat lines, but he's going to get his job done. And I think that really, you know, when you sit back, you look at things with this New York Rangers team, what they've been building over the past few years, that kind of really is their MO. You know, they don't have a lot of like elite star power outside of, uh, Shesterkin and goal. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously Zabinajad had an absolutely crazy postseason. Um, but, you know, it, it's kind of just this team that's got a lot of, you know, guys who gel well together. They're grinders. You know, they fight hard on the ice. 
Um, and, and I think that he he fits their system, and that's why they went with him. Yeah, I agree. And a couple of comments coming in that kind of agree. Uh, Tom's saying, we talk in finance here. Yes, we are. Um, Trocek hits all the categories. I agree, Jesse. I think he's kind of a, you know, like Garth said, a jack of all trades. Tom's saying, I like the move. He'll be an important cog to the Rangers' offense. Our buddy Paul Lombardi coming in. Let's go, Avalanche. What's up, Paul? Appreciate you tuning in, my man. Uh, no, he was a Colorado Avalanche fan. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have guessed that either. I guess he he's ecstatic defending Stanley Cup champions. Um, and Hank saying, pricey? Yes, but this was a much-needed signing, especially with factoring in the center depth. Can help us with face-offs. Hopefully we get another center when they trade Nils Lundqvist. That's Lundqvist with a K, not with a Q. Because they're used to another guy named Henrik Lundqvist that just retired recently, but um, yeah, I think it's a it's a good signing. Like like Hank said, maybe a bit pricey, but you know he's just a bit good at everything, and, and they need an upgrade because Ryan Strom wasn't going to get it done. So I they like to call him there in New York now. <laughs> yeah, they do. They and all the Rangers fans I know it did not like Ryan Strom uh, to put it nicely. So he moves uh, to Anaheim and they get Trocheck in. So we'll see what happens there. Final signing. And, Garth, I'm going to let you lead off with this one because you're definitely going to know the most about this. Andre Palat going to the New Jersey Devils. He signs a five-year, $30 million contract, $6 million AAV with the Devils. The floor is yours, my friend. Yeah, I touched on it here and there earlier in the show. Um, this is the one guy probably quite possibly more so than anybody else that I wanted to keep there in Tampa with my Lightning. Because this guy, like I said, is probably one of the most underappreciated players in the entire NHL. His numbers speak for themselves. Absolutely fantastic when it comes to crunch big-time moments. Uh, he actually is the franchise leader in uh, postseason game-winning goals. Uh, you know, it wasn't just this past postseason where he's had those big heroic game-winning goals uh, or huge goals to kind of swing momentum in your favor in the postseason. Um, and because he skated alongside guys like Steven Stamkos and Nikita Kucherov uh, the entirety of his career, you know, he didn't really ever get the spotlight that he was due. Um, he is getting up there in age, so that might have played a little bit into it. I believe he's 32 or 33, somewhere right in there. Um but on the other side of things, I think New Jersey, a team with a lot of youth uh, that was probably looking to add a little bit of experience, a proven guy, um, they didn't have to overpay. I think they hit right about his fair market value, like five to six million a year is what I was expecting for him. Um, I think that it was a fantastic signing for them and uh, kind of a really bad loss for us. I just I, I don't get how we couldn't have made things work to keep him there in Tampa. And I know for a fact that he would have took less money to stay there because his entire NHL career has been spent regardless of what level it is, whether it be the AHL there with the Syracuse crunch or here in the NHL with the Tampa Bay lightning, he has been in the system. His only coach that he's ever known actually is John Cooper. As far as, you know, here in the United States, uh, once he was drafted, um, you know, and, and I didn't touch on it at all. I I've meant to all night, we go out and sign Mikhail Sergachev to an absolutely monstrous contract. The guy's making as much money as Victor Hedman, who is a consensus top three defenseman every single season, year after year in the NHL, uh, pretty much since he's come into the league. Um, so, you know, it, it just didn't make sense to me, Noah. 
like I said, really good signing for New Jersey, really bad loss for us. Um, and like I said, my biggest grievance last year was scoring outside of the top line. We need to get mm-hmm. more guys involved in that department. And you go out and lose one of the best scores and arguably your best postseason score, at least in the past couple of Stanley Cup runs. So, yeah, you know, not a fan at all that we lost him. Um, and, and props to the New Jersey Devils for bringing in a veteran presence. And lastly, I'll close with this. It isn't just his goal scoring. I've talked a ton about that. It, this guy grinds. You know, he's a grinder. He fights hard for pucks. He's great on the forecheck. You know, he's not afraid to throw his body on the line. So, you know, going to miss you, Palat. Wish you the absolute best there in New Jersey. <clears throat> yeah, and I think he's a solid player, like you said. <clears throat> I don't think he's going to revolutionize the Devils or anything because, I mean, that team needs a lot, right? But I think he's a good player. Um now, I will say, I think the Lightning made a lot of moves around the past year and a half or so to try and probably prepare for this happening because you could tell uh, it was kind of inevitable with their cap situation. You know, trading for guys like Nick Paul, who we mentioned earlier, getting that extension. Brandon Hagel as well, they got from the Blackhawks. They signed Corey Perry to two-year contract, so he's going to be entering the final year of that. And, you know, guys like Kucherov, Maroon are still there. So, you know, the, these guys need to step up. Ross Colton, as well as another big guy. He can play on the wing. He can play center or whatever. So um, I do think they have the guys to kind of fill in the, the gap that he leaves. And I, I still think they'll be a very good team without him. Like you said, he was there for – I mean, he was in that system for over a decade, Garth, because, you know, a lot of Lightning players, you know, they play in the minors for years. And John Cooper's cult- cultivated a lot of these guys, right? You know, guys like Platt. Tyler Johnson, he isn't there anymore, but he was another big one that was there for many years. <clears throat> so, you know, they have a habit of that. So we'll see if they can develop more guys to come up in the next few years as well. Do you think Jack Hughes has better or the same performance with him there? Um, <clears throat> I think it'll probably get a little bit better because I think he's better than, you know, guys like the wingers I can think of on that team, guys like um, Miles Wood, Jesper Bratt, uh, Pavel Xhaka. I mean, they don't really have a lot that I can think of. Uh, Hishay's a center who I think he's probably their best forward, I think, because he's great defensively, uh, but he's not playing on the wing. So I do think it would help a little bit. Um, I still think Hughes has a lot of potential left untapped, former number one overall pick, but I don't really think he's been playing with a lot of, around him either. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, moving on a bit more general because, you know, I kind of want to do this as well. Um, if there were any other interesting signings that we thought of, um, I'm going to throw out two here, Garth. Number one, I think Andrew Kopp to the Detroit Red Wings is interesting. Um, traded to the Rangers around the deadline last year from the Jets. Was pretty good in the playoffs, um, you know, and, and he's kind of like Trocek a bit. Um, you know, he, he's a guy that, you know, low 50s to mid 50s probably score, and he'll be pretty solid. He won't be revolutionary. Um, but first of all, he's a former University of Michigan guy. So it's cool. Say that is a homecoming, if my memory serves me correctly. Yeah, so, so it is cool he's going to Detroit. And also – I love what Detroit's doing, man. That young core is yeah. going to be great in the next few years. Trust More the Iserman process. Oh, yeah, Iserman. He's an absolute stud at developing teams. You you know that all too well. Um, Moritz Sider's my favorite player on that team. Just an absolute German stud. Garth knows I love the German guys. Uh, Tim Stutzler's another favorite of mine. We'll get to him a little bit later. Um, but, yeah, I think that's a good one. And another interesting one, I think Claude Giroux signing, I believe it's a one-year contract with the Ottawa Senators. He's good. Nice, solid veteran center. So I think for a team that made a lot of moves in the offseason, 
that's a good one as well. Do you, do you have any signings that we haven't mentioned that kind of pop out to you, Garth? Jack yeah. Campbell. Jack um, Campbell to the Oilers is a good one as well. Yeah, yep. That was definitely one I was going to mention. Um, <laughs> like I joked about earlier in the show, that is a team that needed improvement in goaltending so, so badly. You know, there were so many games in the playoffs where it seemed like they were unstoppable on the offensive side of things. Uh, and keep in mind, they definitely need to improve defensively without a doubt. But they could have, they would have been just as good if they had like a wet paper bag in goal as Mike Smith. I mean, that guy's like yeah. 40 years old. You know, he, he's had, he's had a very respectable NHL career. He's had some really good seasons in his younger days. Uh, but, you know, he unfortunately, he's kind of gone to the wayside. It was time to replace him. And Jack Campbell is a guy that I'm personally a pretty big fan of. I think he played absolutely phenomenally against my Tampa Bay Lightning and were a very large part in why that series was so hard to win and why Toronto came so close to knocking us off in the first round. Um, he's on the younger side. I think he's 30 or 31. They signed him to like a five or a six year deal. Um, he's never been like an elite superstar goalie in the league, but he's definitely had a very solid year. He's had some, you know, good win totals, uh, hovered right around that 0.900 save percentage mark for the majority of his career. So, you know, I think that it was a good signing and definitely a huge upgrade, as I said, over Mike Smith. Um, after that, I mean, there, there's a long list of really good signings, honestly, Noah, I think, Maybe the next one towards the top of my list is uh, it to the Senators. You know, what a team they're putting together. Young, young talent. A lot of guys who can score in that top six now. Um, like I said, it's kind of becoming an arms race up there in Canada as a lot of those teams are looking to get back to the Stanley Cups and kind of say, you know, hey, we can still win Cups up here in Canada because they have not done a great job of it uh, ever since about the year 2000. Um, this is a good one. Well, I can't put it up, Noah, but Jesse commented. We talked about it earlier today. Jordan Cairo, uh, going being re signed to the St. Louis Blues, a young player who was absolutely fantastic this season. Uh, point per game, only 24 years old, and they locked him down long term. Also, was a very solid piece for them this postseason. So, that one's definitely on my list as well. Um, you know, Evander Kane, just real quickly, some other ones just tossing out real quick. Mm -hmm. Evander Kane stays there with the Oilers. I think that's huge for them because he played phenomenally with them this year, developed a lot of chemistry with McDavid and had an absolutely insane scoring run this postseason. Um, like you said, Giroux to the Senators as well. I think that was a good one. Um, I, there's probably other ones that I'm not thinking of at the moment, but definitely, you know, that's a pretty good – four or five signings there off the top of my head. Yeah, I agree. I, I mentioned to see what Campbell does because, like like he's kind of mentioned, you know, the Oilers have always had great offense. And, by the way, to, to re-sign Kane, to go with Mendeva and Dreisler, I mean, Kane was the goal-scoring leader in the playoffs. I didn't, he didn't even make the Stanley Cup Finals. They got swept in the Conference Finals. So he was a revelation. I, I wasn't expecting that from, uh, from him. So credit to him, you know, rebounding from a bit of adversity in his career, you know, relationship issues, gambling stuff. Um, so it, oh, is, yes. it is oh, uh, one we both forgot about. Yeah. Uh, Ottinger being re-signed there in Dallas, a young goalie who I am a stud. really huge fan of. Absolute stud. He stood on his head in round one against the Flames, but they, they couldn't quite pull it out. Hank saying, let's talk about all the signings. That I, the, <laughs> I, the list I is so long, me and Noah wouldn't even be able to get through it tonight. 
James, what's up, James? I'm excited to see you hopping in. He is an Islanders fan, funny enough. Let's go, Islanders. Love the background. Thank you, James. Uh, I made that myself, actually. So really excited about that. Um, Jesse talking about Cairo. We will get to some re-signings later. Um, fantastic work, gentlemen. A-plus work effort tonight. Thank you very much, Tom. And Jesse says, steal for Otter. I agree completely. I think that guy is an absolute monster. And he's only going to get better. Now, moving on to the next topic. We're going to talk some trades. Um, a couple big trades. You know, a lot of trades, but not too many. Big ones. We got two we're going to talk about. Um, we're going to start with this one first because it happened first, and I think it's a little less revolutionary because the, the other one's just absolutely bonkers. Um, the Chicago Blackhawks trading Alex DeBrinkett to the Ottawa Senators in exchange for the 7th for 39th overall picks as well as, as a third rounder in 2023. Um, the Blackhawks did take a defenseman with their pick. Uh, we will talk more about the draft next week. But for me, guards, to get a 40-goal score that's still only like 22-23, I want to say, um, for not a lot. I mean, a seventh-rounder isn't a lot for the centers because they picked high in the draft for so many years at multiple positions, getting centers, defensemen. They got Brady Kachuk a few years ago as a winger as well. They've kind of gotten a bit of everything. So to trade a seventh-rounder for a player that is, I'd say, borderline elite, if not already elite, he still has room to grow. And the Senators' forward core, I'm going to get into it a bit later more specifically. They got some talent, man. They really do. If if they can sort their defense and their goaltending, which I think are their biggest questions, especially goaltending, they can score. I think they're going to be one of the top-scoring teams in the league this year. I'm not saying they'll be very good because, like I said, I think they have holes. But to get a guy like that in for not a lot. And, look, the Blackhawks, man, their management has just gone downhill. Ever since they gave – Kane and Taze, those big contracts. Um, unfortunately, I think those contracts have kind of strapped them a bit um, with cap movement that, you know, they're not able to move as freely as they probably want to. I think the Seth Jones trade was a joke. I think trading a young defensive like Bockfish for Jones was a mistake. And I think this is a mistake as well. So, Garth, what are your thoughts on DeBrinke going to Senators from the Blackhawks? Yeah, uh, poor, uh, poor Taves and Kane there in Chicago. Yeah. They have literally lost everything around them. Uh, we did see a lot where they both wanted out of there this offseason. That has quieted down a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but I know some teams are still in heavy pursuit of uh, Kane. Whether it happens or not, you know, we'll have to wait and see there. But uh, fantastic move by the Sens. Absolutely fleeced the Chicago Blackhawks here. Gave up almost nothing for, like you said, a guy who is – fresh off a 40-goal season, uh, only 24 years old, so he's right in his prime. Uh, he plays uh, winger, so that's a position of need for Ottawa, as talented as they are in their forward group. Uh, as you said, I think that this this forward group, this offense for Ottawa this year is going to be really, really fun to watch, and they should put up a lot of goals this year. Um, fantastic job by them. Terrible job there in Chicago. Uh, and if there's any Blackhawk fans tuning in tonight, my apologies. It's not looking very good for you guys. Um, you've got two very old guys with massive contracts. And outside of that, you know, it's full <clears throat> mode um, and not a lot to start with. <laughs> there's a lot of holes to fill there. Yeah, I know he's not there anymore, but Stan Bowman the past few years has just messed up move after move on that team. And 
it's crazy to think this this is a team that not so long ago won three cups in six years. And, you know, unfortunately, if, now they're a bit of a laughing stock. But it is what it is. Moving on to the next trade. And like I said, uh, this trade is kind of groundbreaking when it happened. I was like, oh, my God. I was not expecting this guard. Um, when, when the Flames let Johnny Gaudreau go, I thought it was because they wanted to keep Matthew Kachuk because he's younger and he's an elite player as well. He's more physical than Gaudreau as well. But it turns out that was not the case. I, I was completely wrong because Matthew Kachuk was traded to the Florida Panthers for Jonathan Huberdeau, another absolute stud elite winger, Mackenzie Weger, solid defenseman, and they also got some prospects in there. They got this uh, Cole Schwent guy who's a decent prospect, and they also got a lottery-protected first-rounder in 2025. Both of these players have signed long-term extensions, so you know that was a key because I think Kachuk signed one before he got traded. It was a bit of a sign-and-trade, and then Huberto signed one about two weeks later. Now, this is a big trade, Garth. I want you to take on this. In my opinion, you know, everyone wants to pick a winner. I honestly think this is a bit of a draw because I think both guys – both teams got elite players. I think Kachuk and Hubert are both absolute studs. They're both signed long-term. They're not too old. I mean, Huberto's older. Like, Kachuk is like 24. Huberto's probably 29, I want to say, something like that. Um, but, I mean, he just had a phenomenal season last year for the Panthers team that won the President's Trophy. Unfortunately, I think they screwed up firing their coach. I thought it was an absolute joke. But, yeah, um, Huberto just turned 29 in June, so he's not ancient by any means. Smack dab in the middle of his prime. Kachuk's a stud as well. I really think it's a draw. I think both teams make out here. I think, you know, the, the Flames, apparently they didn't want to keep Kachuk. Um, the Panthers get a guy that's still very young, very good. He can still develop a bit. And then in return, um, the Flames get Jonathan Huberdeau as their top winger to play along. I assume it's going to be Nassim Kadri. Um, Elias Windholm's a good center as well. So, you know, they have options. Um, both very good teams, I think, will, will definitely be in the playoffs next season. What are your thoughts on this one, Garth? And do you think it's a win for both teams, or do you give the edge slightly to one win? Yeah, so I think when this trade first was made, obviously everybody was kind of uh, in shock because, you know, this probably was not the destination that you saw him going to. Uh, and secondly, like you said, no, I think the consensus opinion was, you know, oh, Goodrow's gone. That frees up a lot of cap. They're for sure going to keep Kachuk because he's a very young player. An absolute stud on both ends of the ice, not only in terms of scoring. Um, and then they go and trade him down here to the Florida Panthers. Um, I know not a lot because there is not a lot of them, honestly, but I know a few Florida Panthers fans. Mm -hmm. They were not happy at all because Jonathan Hooby Dooby Duberdo is their guy. You know, that's right. kind of the face of their franchise for uh, almost a decade now, ever since he was drafted. You know, and he's coming off, I believe it's actually his best year ever in terms of scoring. Um, so I think that they were really mad that he would just get traded away like that. But on the other side of things, they do get a guy who is, by all means, also elite um, and, and younger. And I think that's one of the big things in the NHL, um, you know, is making sure that you keep youth as well as some of these older veteran guys who have been there, have the experience. They know what it takes to win in the postseason. Uh, you need a good balance of both. So like you said, you know, at first I thought that, you know, kind of Calgary got the better of the deal here. But I think mm -hmm. I think it's it's pretty even because, you know, Uyghur is a solid defenseman, but he's not, you know, anything yes. easy over the top that you just can't go out and replace 
Um, and Huberdeau and Kachuk, you know, it, it, it's pretty much an even trade. I think you could argue Huberdeau's more experienced. You know, he's been in the league longer. He's consistently had these really good seasons. But also, you know, with that trade-off, you get a guy who's younger and has also shown that he can kind of be that star power guy there. Um, so, you know, I think it's pretty even. Um, and the Panthers still have a very good roster on paper. Their thing is they just need to figure out how to win when it comes to postseason. Um, you know, and I can say from personal experience, I, I've seen it. You know, sometimes it just takes a few years of early exits coming up short in the postseason <clears throat> to finally catch your break. A lot of, I like a lot of pieces on that team, even though there are, are rivals. You know, obviously you add Kachuk to guys like Barkov, uh, Ekblad, Lundell is a he's a yeah. really young guy who had an absolutely phenomenal season this year um my former Tampa Bay Lightning Carter Verhage uh he had a monster postseason this year um you know so, uh, Spencer Knight as well he should be good here in another season or two as he kind of works his way into that starting uh goal behind Bob um yep I think Florida Panthers fans, yeah, it sucks to see Huberto go. He was your guy. But uh, don't be too much in dismay because you still have a very solid competitive roster. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I think people probably overreacted a bit when it happened saying, oh, the Panthers got robbed. I don't think they got robbed. I think it was pretty even at the time. Now, I will say a big factor in this trade, if Calgary wasn't able to re-sign Huberto and he walked and they lost him for nothing, Big win for the Panthers because the, that would be a big loss for the Flames. But the fact they re-signed him about a week and a half later um, was big for them. So in my opinion, I think it's either a draw or if I absolutely had to pick a winner, I'd probably slightly go with the Flames because they didn't just get back Huberto. They got Uyghur, who's a stud defensively. And last season he started to add a bit of offense to his game, which is just a bonus. And they got a prospect in the first rounder. So I think just – Pure volume-wise, probably give it to the Flames slightly, but like you said, I think it's a good trade for both sides. Uh, both these players are absolute studs. Funny enough, Gar, two of my favorite players in the league getting traded for each other has been interesting, but uh, we'll see how both those teams do. Um, real quick, uh, we're just going to say if there's any other interesting trades. Um, I'll pick one out real quick because I wasn't expecting it. Um, Matt Murray going to the Toronto Maple Leafs from the Ottawa Senators I thought was interesting. Uh, because I wasn't <laughs> really expecting it. I mean, they let Jack Campbell go, and then they trade for Murray. So I'm not really too invested in, you know, what their goaltending situation is. Um, I know they traded Morassic as well. So I'm going to assume Matt Murray has a good uh, shot at the starting job, unless I'm forgetting somebody, which, you know, like I said, big Penguins fan. Uh, got a lot of respect for Matt Murray. Don't think he's the guy he quite was three or four years ago, so. We'll see how that work, works out. Uh, Garth, do you have any other interesting trades that you thought, you know, yeah, catch your eye? I'm scrolling through here real quickly because there really isn't a ton that jump out at me other than the ones that we already mentioned. Obviously, like you said, I think Murray to the Maple Leafs because I fully expected them to re-sign Campbell, especially yeah. after the year in the postseason that he had. Um, you know, other than that, just looking real quickly here, uh, another one, not really, uh, not really like crazy interesting or anything, but could prove uh, helpful. Ottawa traded for Cam Talbot. Uh, they sent a guy yeah. actually who I thought had a lot of promise, but really hasn't shown it yet. Uh, Philippe Gustavin down there to the Minnesota Wild. Um, and other than that, you know, I'm not really seeing a ton 
Uh, the Flyers did actually make a move and get Tony D'Angelo from the Hurricanes, a guy who our Rangers fans here in the chat absolutely love. Um, you know, and other than that, no, not really. You know, there wasn't a lot of huge blockbuster trades, um, you know, this offseason. Yeah, I did just look it up, Garth. The Leafs do also have uh, Sam Sonov that they got from the Capitals. So we'll see how that works out for them. But, yeah, like you said, I, I think there were two major trades, and then there were a couple other decent ones. And there wasn't a lot, I think, like you said. I think there's a couple interesting ones. But overall, I think I think the two big ones we already went over. Um, now our, our final segment here, uh, we're going to talk about re-signings. And I'm going to do a screen share real quick, Garth, because we can kind of scroll through it and just, you know, go really quickly through some of the big – re-signings um because there were some massive ones and like we mentioned earlier there was even a massive one earlier today um jordan Cairo, who was point per game last year he's still only 25 years old um he resigned for eight years with the blues other ones our guy tim stutzla about a week ago uh eight years 8.35 million aav i think he's got a lot of potentials that was good for them other ones uh jt miller re-signed with the canucks and then we'll just scroll Scroll down a bit here, see if he if there's any other ones. Huberdo, like we mentioned. Uh, these didn't, check- um, didn't Ottawa also re-sign Norris? Uh, yeah, they, they did. Uh, it's, it's a little bit down here because that was a while ago, but I know they did because uh, I did a video on it. Uh, Josh Norris, uh, I'm not seeing it funny enough. But, uh, I think it was like seven years or something like that, if I remember right. Uh, let me see if I can There we go. Josh Norris, eight years. Uh, oh, it's not, it wasn't an extension, I think, because he was technically a free agent. But, yeah, eight years, 7.95 million AAV. That's a guy I know you like, Garth. Scored 35 goals last year. Um, he's got a solid goal-scoring touch. But other ones, Robert Thomas, I think was big for the Blues to get both Thomas and Cairo signed long-term because I think they're both studs. Um, but there are a couple that the Lightning made, Garth, that I do want your thoughts on. Uh, Kane was a big one as well, re-signing for four years. Other than that, uh, Penn signed Rikel, obviously, and Malkin and Latang. Other than that, I'm just looking real quick. Don't really see a lot of other major ones. Uh, Forsberg uh, signed with the Predators. Fiala to the Kings for seven years. Brian Rust re-signed with us. That's right. But other than that, Garth, uh, Cook and Yemi, obviously, re-signed with Hurricanes. I do want your thoughts on these three. Uh, Eric Chernak re-signs for eight years, $5.2 million a year. Sorelli, eight years, $6.25 million a year. And, boy, this one's interesting. Mikhail Sergachev, eight years, $8.5 million a year. Um, I think he's a solid defenseman. I don't know if he's quite that level because I think that's top-tier elite defensive money. And, like you said, you know, making around what Victor Hedman's making. Um, what are your thoughts on those re-signings for the Lightning Cards? Yeah, so I guess I'll start off with the ones that I like first. Obviously, we talked about it already, so I won't go much in depth on it. Nick Paul, really glad we kept him. Um, needed to keep him to kind of keep our forward group intact. <clears throat> somebody there who can score goals for us. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony Sorelli, I really like that one. That kid is a absolute stud. Um, a fantastic two-way player, just needs to get a little bit more production on the offensive side of things, like John Cooper always talks about, he firmly believes that he can win a Selkie if he can just get his goal scoring up, uh, because obviously that is just as much a part of that award as playing uh, on the defensive side of things. Um, Mikhail Sergachev, I, I am a really big fan of this guy. I'm not going to lie. 
I do like him. He's kind of a very um, love-hate type player here in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, hate is probably a little bit strong, but there's people who definitely, you know, get frustrated with him at times because he is kind of a guy who can let his emotions get the best of him at times or maybe, you know, kind of doesn't play up to the level that he should be. Um, I, I like that we kept him and that we kept him long term. Um, I just I, I don't like the money side of it. Like you said, no, he's making as much money as a guy like Victor Hedman. Mm-hmm. I just think that's a way too much money. Um, I will say that he does possess probably the best or at least like top three in terms of scoring ability out of our defensemen. Um, I don't like it at all, though, money-wise. And then lastly, Eric Chernak, absolutely love that we locked him down long-term. This is probably uh, one of my favorite, not like major household names for the Tampa Bay Lightning I call him the Mad Slovakian. He's a big, huge dude. Uh, very, very physical. Like he's that dude who is gonna drive you into the boards. You're gonna feel his presence on the ice. Um, he's a guy who probably a lot of people think that he's older because they've seen so much of him in the postseason. But he's realistically only like 24, I think. Um, so mm-hmm. he's right smack dab in the middle of his prime. He has a ton of postseason experience already. You know, he's a sound defenseman. We'll put his body on the line. A lot of guys, Ryan McDonough has rubbed off on them. You know, we block a lot of pucks, and that makes things much, much easier on Andre Vasilevsky. So I like that <clears throat> sign. Yeah, pretty good signings. I think, it, and it kind of like Jesse says here, not a fan of the Sergey signing. Yeah, I agree. signing is A+. Plus. I think he's a good player, but I, I do think they overpaid with him. I, I don't think he's that absolutely elite superstar. I think he's just soft. Like he's he's also, not a, he also is one of the older guys in that defensive core now. I think he's like 28, if memory serves me correctly, 29. Um, you know, so much older than guys like Calfoot, Eric Chernak. We look it up for Sergachev is 24, actually. So wow. still pretty okay. I was wrong. For some reason, I thought he was older than that. Yeah, so Sergey and, and Chernak re-signed the man Slovakian, like you said. Still young and still good, so – Interesting signings and Sorelia, I think he's a beast. So, you know, yeah, I definitely he is. Agree. like I said, he just needs to produce a little bit more on the offensive side of things. But other than that, absolutely no complaints. Very, very big part of locking down opposing top lines in the postseason. Mm-hmm. When you look at the advanced stats, when his line was on the ice, they really limited opposing teams' top lines. Jesse saying Chicago lost Kirby Dak too, that they did. He went to the Montreal Canadiens, I believe it was. Hank saying, got to run, guys. Excellent first show, and I can't wait to be a part of some future episodes. Let's go, Rangers. Thank you very much, Hank, for tuning in, my friend. Thank you, Hank. Look forward to getting you on here sometime, buddy. But in general, Garth, you know, I mentioned some of the guys that re-signed. You know, what was your favorite re-signing? I guess because I'm biased towards the Germans, I'll go with Tim Stutzla. I think that guy has absolutely, like, heaps of potential. And he hasn't quite tapped into it yet, but he's getting better. He's getting to, like, high 50s points, you know, low 60s. I think he has potential to be a monster. I think Josh Norris was a good re-signing as well, 35-goal scorer. Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo are big for the Blues. Um, are there any ones that you thought were like, wow, this is a phenomenal re-signing? So I guess I'll pick one for my own team and then one for okay. NHL as a whole. Um, for the Lightning, I think it's I think it's a toss-up between Eric Chernak and Anthony Sorelli. I'll, I'll give the edge to Sorelli just because – um, I think that he honestly is one of the best uh, centers in the NHL just because of how good he is 
all around and really only just needing to improve a little bit on the goal scoring side of things. Um, NHL wise, uh, I think off the top of my head, not really mm-hmm. putting a ton of thought trying to like dissect all the different re-signings. I think I'm going to agree with you and go with Tim Stutzla much like yourself. I am a huge fan of Timmy Stu up there in Ottawa, the German player, just really like his personality. I like his reasoning behind playing hockey, kind of his goals, other than just being a professional hockey player. Um, and just the potential there. Like we've seen flashes and glimpse of, glimpses of it. I don't think we've even seen him at like his absolute best yet. Mm-hmm. And if memory serves me correctly, he is the youngest player ever to record a hat trick at only 19 years old. Um, so that's a really cool fun fact of the night. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Timmy Stu. Ottawa locks him up long-term, and they have a absolutely crazy forward group heading into this uh, this uh, season. Absolutely, Garth. I think one we, – we mentioned it earlier. Luke, we mentioned again. Uh, technically, Jonathan Huberto did re-sign with the Calgary Flames, so that's a good one as well. Now, uh, final thing before we get off tonight, Garth. This will be short and sweet. Uh, biggest winner uh, of the NHL offseason. And I'll let you think about this one because I already have mine picked out. I've talked about them a lot already in some of the segments. I'm going with the Ottawa Senators. I think they made some great moves. I think traded for uh, Dabrinkit from the Blackhawks was genius. I think getting in a guy like Claude Giroux on a one-year deal, um, if he doesn't work out, okay, you know, he, he can go in for agency next year. But if he does, you know, this is a guy he, he's produced in the past. He's a solid veteran – or excuse me, a three-year deal. Um, so not too long-term. Uh, he's still 34, I believe, is his age. So, you know, he's not too old. Uh, he was pretty productive last season. Um, and it's not too long-term, and the contract isn't ridiculous. So I think that's good. But they already have good players is what I loved about their offseason. You know, they re-signed Stutzla and Norris. Uh, Norris, like I said, big goal scorer. Stutzla, lots of potential. Brady Kachuk is still there. This team has forwards, man. Drake uh, Batherson as well was point per game last year, Garth, before he got hurt, basically. Um and, you know, I think the big thing for them is goaltending-wise because uh, they did let uh, they did trade Matt Murray to the Leafs. So it's either going to be Cam Talbot or Anton Forsberg start for them, which, you know, question marks there. Forsberg was good last year for him when he did play, but he's kind of a career backup. So we'll see if you can repeat that. Talbot, kind of the same thing, mostly a backup, but he's been a starter at points and it's been okay. Um, but, yeah, I think they have forwards. I think, you know, defensively, I think Shabbat's a stud. I think you're going to have to rely on younger guys like Eric Branstrom hasn't quite developed like I thought he would. Jacob Bernard Doc is another guy in their prospect pool that I like. None of that, it's just a bunch of veteran guys. Uh, Jake Sanderson's a guy they drafted, American, uh, about two years ago, I want to say. So we'll see when he develops. Um, but overall, I love their forward core. I think they absolutely nailed it, uh, strengthening their forward core. Uh, but I'll throw the floor to you on this one, Garth. Are there any teams that you look at in the offseason as your big winner? Yeah, so I'm glad that you went first and gave me some time to think here. Uh, I'm going to give you technically a top five. Two honorable mentions here Okay, is going to go to the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames. Like I said, I really like the fact that Edmonton was able to keep Evander Kane there, keep that chemistry with McDavid and Dreisaitl, um, and the fact that they got a huge upgrade in goal over Mike Smith in the form of Jack Campbell. Um, then my other honorable mention – is going to – I just drew a blank, man. Uh, <laughs> I got so excited about the Edmonton – oh, Calgary Flames uh, because of, you know, Huberdeau. Um, you know, 
granted they do Andre. Andre and, and to Chuck, but I think that they still made out really well. They made a lot of signings. That's going to, going to help that team. Uh, and then my top three, more importantly, uh, number three, I'm going to go with the Anaheim ducks. I really like what they're doing. They're one of that, those teams that has a lot of young, promising talent. Uh, they still got some holes to fill, but they're definitely headed in the right direction. <clears throat> they added guys like Vetrano and Strom in the offseason. Um, obviously, they have a guy there already who I absolutely love in Trevor Zegris. Uh, number two, I am going to give to the Detroit Red Wings, like we said earlier in the show. Uh, Iserman is absolutely killing it there. Everything, in my opinion, is headed in the right direction. Um, got a lot of young talent in there. Mort Sider is an absolute stud. They've got other guys there like Lucas Raymond, who look really, really promising. Mm-hmm. Uh, added Andrew Kopp, Ben Chirot, uh Kubalik. You know, the, uh, there's a huge list of guys that they added this offseason. And then number one, I'm going to have to agree with you, in the Ottawa Senators, you know, they absolutely fleece Chicago to add Debrinkit to an already very young, talented forward group. Uh, they keep Norris. They keep Stutzla. Um, like you said, there's questions in goal. There's questions on defense. But there's a lot of young talent, a lot of guys who look to be headed upwards. Um, you know, Giroux as well, huge veteran presence, a guy who still can score, maybe not as much to the level as like when he was carrying the Flyers, uh, but definitely can still add in the scoring department. Good veteran presence, good experience. You know, he can help kind of ground those younger guys, teach them what it takes to get to the postseason and also win. Um, you know, so I, I got to go with Ottawa, but there was a lot of teams that I really liked what they were able to do this offseason. Yeah, I agree, Garth. It was an absolutely insane uh, offseason for sure. One last comment before we do hop off here. Alfonso DeFalco, a.k.a. Fonz. Hey, welcome to the brand, fellas. Great show. Trying to expand my hockey knowledge so I know where I'm tuning in to, to learn. Appreciate that a lot, Fonz. Thank you for the comment, and we're excited to see you tuning in in the future. Uh, real, quick before you do, real quick before you do get off your guard, do you just have a couple shout-outs. Uh, first of all, right after we get off, our buddy Hank and Ditcher will be doing his baseball show, hitting for the cycle tonight, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And then tomorrow, uh, this is actually wrong. Let me fix this real quick because that is not correct. It is not the 10-year anniversary, Garth. It is the 11-year anniversary of Review and Preview, so they'll be doing a big show. Uh, Johnny Montalbano, I believe, will be joining them, who's one of the founders of Ruby and Preview, tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern. So check that out as well. Just want to thank everyone for watching. You guys are absolutely killing it with the comments and, and the shares and the likes tonight. Uh, Gabe, Garth, and I have a lot to talk about. I really appreciate the fans. Uh, Garth, do you have anything to say before we hop off here for the night? Just a huge thank you to everybody that tuned in tonight. Um, it might not have been me and Noah's first show in terms of podcasting sports you know here on facebook youtube but it was our inaugural show for pucking around we've been looking forward to this for quite a while it's been in the works uh slowly putting everything together to bring you guys this show uh and you guys definitely made it really awesome ton of comments a lot of different faces in here uh all of our review and preview guys tuned in my good friends uh you know my fellow tampa bay lightning fans and fellow hockey card collectors tuned in showed a lot of support i appreciate you guys for doing that as well uh but yeah just a huge thank you you know really really good show tonight noah and you know as we get the hang of what we want to do with this nhl show uh i think it's only going to get better and better much like our sweet tea college football show but yeah yes, huge thank you 
Jesse saying, love the show. Keep it up. Thank you very much, Jesse. Thank was you, absolutely sir. killing it in the comments tonight, your good friend there. Um, but, yeah, Garth, I, I completely agree. This was a lot of fun and uh, look forward to doing more in the future. From myself, Noah Dog Diabler, and my good co-host and buddy, Garth Judge Patrick, we'll be back next Tuesday with our NHL Entry Draft Review Show. So, Garth can get to studying on that as well, and it'll be a lot of fun. But until then, enjoy your sports. Enjoy the fact hockey is right around the corner. And have a good one.